0: Faith is
1: the Alliance national Podcast. Oh, thought- I don't make this stuff up. You know if you put Jesus Christ first that he'll look after all your bills? It's not fake, it's faith.
0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the AAI podcast. I'm Jason Sylvester, a.k.a. Diogenes of Mayberry. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Hain, and he represents the Myanmar Atheist, one of our affiliates. And he's here to, today to talk to us about what's going on in Myanmar, the current political situation, the coup, and more, and more relevant to our audience is how the Burmese monks are involved in what's going on there. So, Hain, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for the platform.
0: Yeah, no problem. It's happy to to have you on the show, and we always like to give a platform to our affiliates. Uh, we, we've done Canadians and the Australians so far, and I think you're the first one from from Asia. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself first, and um, what brought you to uh, to the atheist group there, and uh, a little you know a little bit about yourself that whatever you feel comfortable mm-hmm. sharing.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So I was just born as a mixed race. So like a mix of Burmese, mix of Kachin, which is a, like my ethnic group in Burma. And I am also a mix of Shen ethnic group as well. So basically I'm a mix of three different ethnic groups. And I, I'm also a mix of two different religions as well. So my mom is from the Buddhist society and my dad is from the Islamic society. So, but in my family, my dad was more dominant. So I had to follow the like Islam. So it was my like, childhood experience. So like, when it comes to around 18 years of my age, I started to doubt the relations. I started to like, read a lot and learn more about the subjects and things like that. So at the time I my some doubts of that. And I also have like, in touch with the new atheism movement, just like Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins and stuff like that. So I was more like a skeptic and then i just met with some other people who have already found this organization the bami Cities. so i'm not a founder i'm just a like newcomer like a like okay. a spokesperson for now but the group has been here for like maybe 5 years or 6 years but it was not like a, it was not digitalized so I, i'm the one who trying to digitalize that yeah okay
0: so you you mentioned your father is muslim so it was, it, i know most people are aware that Myanmar is a fairly strongly Buddhist country. So as I would imagine yeah. the, the Muslim community in, in Bangladesh is, sorry, Bangladesh, in Myanmar um, is fairly small or it's a fairly substantial segment of the population there?
1: Uh, yeah. somehow it is. If, if you compare to the Buddhist society, it is comparatively less population there. So the second population may, may be Christian there and the third one is Islam, like Muslim people. Okay. So, so are, like, is, it, is
0: it mixed marriage like your parents? Is that is that something that's fairly common there, or most people tend to uh, stick?
1: So to their it is a, like religion? it's a complicated issue, you know. So in terms of the um, like legislations and stuff like that, so there are more backlash to those people. So like especially in the case of my mom and my parents, so what happened is like uh, all of their relatives they don't really like that, so all of them trying to stay against them. And it was really hard moment for them as well. So as far as I noticed, they got along with their family when I was around like 10 years old or something like that. So they have like a gap year of 10 years of backlash to them. So it was really hard moment for them. But there are still some people who has like abandoned the limits of the relation and found the limitless boundary of the left. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: So... And so you were you were primarily raised in in the Muslim faith then?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Because like, uh, so what happened was it's a little bit complicated, and I think it's a little bit like, uh, how do we say that? It's a little bit uh, off limit from what the media narrative is. So like, in terms of the in the marriage in the marriage like uh, in the marriage or something like that. So what happened is the most dominant one might, like tend to be the Muslim majority one. Because what happened in the Buddhist society is like, a, if you're a person from the like Buddhist background, and if you want to marry to a guy or to a lady from the other religion, so the Buddhist society will try to abandon you. Like they don't want to affiliate with you. They don't want to like connect to you and things like that. So what happened is that the person physically become another religion has to convert because of the social pressure. And like they they, have, they don't have much choice, you know? So it just happened. <laughs> So in that way, I just I was just born as a Muslim, even though my um, my mom, she or she she also teaches me about the Buddhist stuff. So I have some of the knowledge on that, but uh, like she had to choose, you know, she had to convert. Not because of the faith, but because of the social influence and social pressure. Okay.
0: So are are they are they fairly devout or are they more moderate in their belief
1: systems? Uh yeah, they uh yeah. <laughs> Most of the people are moderate in here. Like maybe I think roughly maybe 80% of the Muslim people are moderate because you have no idea like how Muslim people are being discriminated in the Buddhist society and things like that. We have faced like lots of discriminations in Myanmar since I was a child. And even I'm a mix, right? So most of the people think I'm Burmese. Most of the people think I'm Buddhist. But some people know that I'm not. So what happened is I face a lot of discrimination, and guess what? I'm I'm am a mixed person. You know, I'm not like fully Muslim. So, so like a person might not know. I'm a Muslim, by first sight. But for some people, according to their looks, they will face the discrimination for sure.
0: Okay. All right. So, and is your family aware that you're a Muslim, or is that something you've kept from them? Sorry, I, uh, I, I, that so you're, like, you're an atheist. Sorry.
1: Um, yeah, they know about that. Yeah. Because, like, I was the prediction, like, I was a prediction like, Muslim so when I was around, like, 16 years, 17, 18, somewhere around that. I was, like, a really strong guy, you know, like, I studied a lot as I told you, I studied a lot around that age, about the, like, about the religion, about the different kind of, like, belief systems and everything like that. So, I used to be a follower of the, you know, like, the Wahhabism. The, I think you know about that one, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, Wahhabism. So, I was really, like, a uh, Fundamentalist guy, you know, because I really want to go to the core of the religion. I really want to go to the, like, the hot core, the core religion, the fundamentalism of the religion. So I was, I was there for like a, a year. So I was even more stronger than my dad, you know. He he's just a moderate guy. So I was really strong and things like that. What happened was, uh, what happened was because of the new atheism movement. So I just came across to a, a video of some artists and Richard talking and i was like if and it fascinates me it gave me a lot of ideas about the skepticism and other stuff so at that time i'm trying to challenge myself with the opposition ideas especially from the new atheism movement and then i became one <laughs> Ionically, yeah
0: and is your family supportive of you or they have they haven't turned their um, and you know treat you so like an apostate they do like
1: all the first for the first years like the first two or three years that they noticed that and they would it was really shocking movement for them so my grandfather he was like he couldn't speak to me for like a week and he he asked me directly like when did you become muslim anymore and i was like i'm more like a anchor of muhammad like a Pitalib. so i still like him but i i will never be a muslim again and he was like he stopped talking to me for like one year, I think and then, well, you know we have a we are a family anyway, so they step back to talk to me after that
0: okay, and are they aware that you're part of the the Myanmar atheist
1: group? Oh uh, yeah, they are aware of that now, okay,
0: and so they're you know you're not you haven't been shunned by your family, they still talk to you, yeah Jeez. at least
1: <laughs> okay, yeah yeah at least. <laughs> It's okay, a relief so I, for me, you know.
0: <laughs> so what do you tell us a little bit about the group? You said it's been around for about five or six years. So maybe like how many people are, are in your group and what sort of activities oh, uh, are you guys running
1: there? Yeah, as far as I know, they have been here for like six years. So the first generations of the people were like only like a leftism, like leftist people in Bami's. So so in, in in like I have a little bit like I have some knowledge about the politics in the Western world. So I have some I have. Like I have some ideas about the conflicts between the New Atheism movement and the New Left and things like that. But in Burma, we have a different political aspect. So in Burma, the New Atheism movement is led by the leftist people mostly. So one of, the father, like one of the founding father of our organization is an anarchist. So like an orthodox anarchist. And one of the other guy is a libertarian socialist. And the other guy is a hardcore Marxist. Marxist. So, but yes, even, even during these days, we stay, um, like the Burmese Atheists, stay mostly dominated by the leftist people, mostly the anarchists and the socialists. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that, that that's fodder for all of the, the theist people who think that uh, they like to equate uh, communism with atheist atrocities, and they, they seem to make that false conflation. So, at least yeah. it seems in Burma <laughs> that the, the atheists and the, and the communists go together. So, okay.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. most of the people think that. But we also have some people that don't, don't really have the political like affiliation at the moment. There are some people who doesn't really stand on a political spectrum, but most of us are dominated by the leftist values. So. Okay. Right.
0: And, and so do you have any idea of the sort of the demographics in Burma of... Uh, the, the number of atheists that are in the country?
1: Uh, like, unofficially, they may be around maybe 10%, maybe 5% to 10%, somewhere around that. But according to the statistics, it's less than 0.02% or something like that. Right. Because it's really hard to be registered as an official atheist in the like NRC card and things like that. Because there are some sort of procedures. So if you marry a girl, if you marry a boy, you have to follow certain kind of like a practice for the religions. So if you don't have that, you're going to marry a guy or you're going to marry a girl. So it's really hard for us to say that we are atheists because there are some sort of like procedures in the administration. So that's why I think that's the reason why most of the people don't come come up and tell that they are atheists, you know? Okay.
0: And are they, do you have societies um, throughout the country or it's primarily in the, in the main cities?
1: Uh, so we have societies in the, throughout the country, but we're not like the organization that has a formal organization chart. so we just like talk to each other like informally. and some of the crew uh, members are from the other rural areas, but they're really passionate about the humans and stuff and things like that. So they have their own organizations, but they don't use the name called Burmis It is. Because in the rural areas, it's a little bit harder for the people to accept the atheism at the, as a movement, as an identity. So they just use they're just covering that uh, they use, they just using the term called humanism in terms of that sort of like movement and their struggles.
0: A more yeah. inclusive, yeah. Because atheist, yeah. the the atheist label can be somewhat divisive. So yeah, yeah, humanism, yeah. humanism, secularism is a much more inclusive, more inclusive, and less divisive. Okay. And so do do you guys have any sort of uh, events? Like, are you hosting, you know, events and, you know, doing anything? Or it's primarily you just get together and and Um, like-minded people are getting together and chatting? uh,
1: Like back in the day, it is more like like like-minded people sitting together, you know, talking about the politics, about the social movements and other stuff. But these days we are trying to get more into the political spectrum because like we we really evoke, we really want to avogate the secularism because like our country is more like a Buddhist sort of, like supremacy country you know so we really we really want to challenge that we really want to be a country that is secular we really want to be a country that is really inclusive so we also trying to do that but now we're currently doing some kind of like charity group in terms of the rural areas so we're trying to distribute some kind of like a, a relief, medical supplies and some sort of like foods and some sort of uh, relief plans for the rural people because we have a like recent coup right so it's really hard for some of the people to struggle and to sit things like that so it's really hard for them so we're trying our best to distribute some foods and medical supply to them
0: so what what's going on there currently i know when when the the coup first happened, it was, it was in the news, the protests, the student, the people were out in force, um, and it, it was making international news, but the last few months, it, it really seems to have quieted down. Now, is that because the protests have died down or the international media has just kind of lost uh, interest?
1: I think the international media lost the interest. So we, have, we still have some struggles inside here, but it is getting more tense tense these days. So in the back days, like since around February, March, April, there were more protests. But right now there are less protests, but more people are trying to join the military wings, like a military revolutionaries, to become a revolution or things like that. So that's why the international media stops supporting us, I think, because more, as you know, most of the uh, international media, they want us to portray as a peacemaker, you know, they don't really want to support the revolutionary people. They only want to support the people who are for the, like, peace activism and things like that. So I think that's the main reason.
0: Okay. So there, but there are still protests going on?
1: Uh, there are still some protests going on, but it is not for, like, the whole day. You know, it's like a gorilla, gorilla style. So they protest for, like, five minutes in here, and then they ran to another place and then they wave the banner, they wave the flags, and they do the slogans, and then they move to another place. So they do that the whole day. So it's really hard for the people, like for the police, to come down and arrest them and things like that.
0: Okay, got it. So the, the big mass protests that we saw in the spring, those, those have primarily ended?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's ended because we have no choice because after we, like, call, we meet up and we do the protests, what happened is after we like like diverse the people after we go back to home what happened is the police raid the houses and arrest them so in like in, in some worst case scenario they also told the families to pick up the dead body and the police station the next day so people are hesitated to go come out and do the protests anymore
0: okay all right now and so back in the spring when all this kicked off we were aware that some of the extremist Buddhist monk, uh, factions of the extremist Buddhist monks were supporting the the coup. Um, so can you maybe talk to us a little bit about that, about like this this wing of um, mil- militant Buddhism in, in Burma?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I think that militant Buddhism, like Buddhist groups have some sort of connection with the military younger because they have their shared ideology of the ultra and the religious fundamentalism because the military unit is really trying to advocate those people, you know, like for example, we can say Tidegu, who is one of the like most reputation, like reputated, uh, British monk in Myanmar. So he is currently now supporting the military, Pap-Litli. so he, he, he has been like one of the most influential monk in the Myanmar for like a decade, but now he is supporting the military unit publicly. So it's really. It's like a shock movement, you know. But for his ideology, it's really simple, it's really simple to understand. So he is more inspired to be like a Iranian kind of regime, you know? Like a, like religion is trying to take over the political movement and things like that. So he's also trying to do that. And we can also see some kind of like monks like Weyatu, so who is the face of terror according to the Time magazine. So he he also has some kind of like ideology like that. He also want to advocate the ultra-nationalism and he also want to advocate the like the religious fundamentalisms of the Buddhism, and plus for him plus the Islamophobia as well. So it is really like it is really hard for us to uh, stay against them because they they have the, like the Buddhism as their cover, you know. So it's really hard for us to like speak out against them, but so we stay do we stay do, and we also trying to expose their homophobia, like a uh, conservative, like, like values, like homophobia, transphobia, and they are like hypocrisy ideas, because sometimes, like for, especially for Tiligu, he always speak to can be like a peaceful, and a fame monk and things like that, but in the reality, he's trying to endorse the military yonder who is really, like, uh, Islamophobic, and we, we like, were really racist and things like that. So we're trying to expose them as well.
0: This is the the same guy who several years ago uh, stoked okay. a bunch of anti anti Islamic uh, sentiment against the Rohingya, correct? Same guy? Yeah,
1: he is yeah. he is the one.
0: Yeah. Okay, and but, it was just yeah, you know it was like an the hunter bit... released him from prison, right?
1: Yeah, 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 and and it's a little bit ironic that uh, he was once used to be the most prominent person in the field of like peaceful interfaith like society, you know. So even these days, like some of the Muslim uh, groups, like Muslim religious group or fake group, uh, stay trying to endorse him, even though he stands for the military yonder who are like Islamophobic and racist and other stuff. So it's a little bit kind of like complex, complicated, you know.
0: So do do you have a sense of what the the general populace in in Burma think of this man? Like do they, do do, do the majority Uh, support him or the majority hate him? And he just has uh, a bunch of fanatical followers or what's the general uh, general feeling of this guy?
1: So uh, before this coup, like most of the people, I would say like 75% of the people stay admire him and stay think of him as a leader of the Buddhism in Myanmar. But after this coup, I'm pretty sure that he has lost some of his reputation. For sure. Maybe it it might jump down from like 75% to 50%, something something like that, you know. Not hundred percent sure, but we can we can safely guess that. Yeah.
0: So even though he was he was Islamophobic, you know, he still had seventy percent support from people.
1: Yeah, and including the Muslim Muslim society as well, ironically.
0: Yeah, that is rather ironic, isn't it? So Yeah, it is
1: really ironic. <laughs> Because the, he, he used to be one of the prominent ones for the interfaith movement. He has been there for like 10 years of that record, being, being a leader in the interfaith movement. And he also inspired the like, uh, Iranian regime. So I think instead of dividing the identities like race and religion, we can say he is just a religious fundamentalist. You know? He's not the Buddhist fundamentalist. He is a religious fundamentalist. So we could safely save that.
0: And do you think his, his release from prison this week is... Do you think that was politically motivated because he supports the coup? Uh,
1: sorry, I think you, you were telling about the weirdo as well, right? So the guy who was released from the jail was the weirdo. And mm-hmm. the guy I was talking about is the, the, the coup. So they are like oh, a okay. different person. Different person. Yeah, okay. different person. But weirdo was always have been a racist, always has been a traditionalist So he has a bad record. And most of the people hate him, uh, except the right wing of the people, you know.
0: Okay. And what do you know? What he was in jail for?
1: Uh, he was in jail for I think like a, uh, in the name of like blasphemy, blasphemy, I think. And the, and the uh, conspiracy against the people in, in in a city. So what happened is uh, he led a, I think he led a riot or something like that, and some people got killed. Because of his influence. So that's why he was in jail. And another time he did some things to, like a blasphemer things. So he got sentenced for the blasphemy law. So he has been in the prison for like two times.
0: Okay. And is is this guy is he a supporter of the coup or he's
1: against it? Yeah, he is. He is. The military unit just released him like a few weeks ago.
0: Right. And so do you yeah. do you, do you think his release was was politically motivated because he's one of their supporters and that's why they let him yeah. go?
1: Yeah, he's like a leader of the right-wing people in, in Bahama. So uh, uh, so if we use the political spectrum, right? So we have two spectrums in Bama, like three spectrums in Bama right now. So we have the right-wing people who are really in favor of the military junta. So who might say publicly, but we like there, there are some moderates who don't really say it publicly. publicly, but there are some people that really say publicly that they support only military yonder. So we can say they are right-wing people and we have, have some like centrist people who are the supporter of the current, like previous government, the NLD, the NUG and other stuff. So we have those centrist people. So they they just like it and they just oppose the military yonder only because they have their interests and they have their aspiration for the state consular. It is the sole reason, you know, we have the populace in the middle and they have some like left-wing people as well. So they like and they, they don't like NUG, but they don't like the military unit too. So as a lazy evil, they stay prefer for the NUG. So it is how it works in Burma at the moment.
0: Okay. And so do you have a sense of what people there are thinking now? Or are are some of the or at least a segment of the population maybe turning away from this radical Buddhism and seeing that how it's it's supporting the the coup? And turning, you uh, know, turning to a more moderate, both political and religious mindset.
1: I think it has always been this way. You know, like uh, as far as I know, I have some friends in the like right side as well, like on the right wing people, because we have to deal. You know, we I used to be a student, so I have some friends who are from the military background, and I have some friends who are the follower of that we are the guy. So. I had a conversation with them like recently as well. So they still think he is doing right, and they still think their military is doing the right thing. So there will be some people who converts to the another spectrum in the meantime, but it is less likely likely to be really less, maybe less than five percent, maybe. But most of the people, they are just fanatics. So they think they are right, and they think the military is doing the right thing as well. So. I I I think I would say like safely we can guess like maybe five percent of the people they just trying to change their view and mindsets about the group, but most of the people they stay stick to their own idea. They stick to their original ideology.
0: Yeah, just from from what I so I, I wrote an article back in the spring based on the information that your your group sent to me on what was going on there. Some of the video clips of these these extremist monks and some of their statements and the things they were saying. And it's, it strikes me, it's sort of the parallel going back to, uh, you know, a hundred years ago, back in Italy, when you had, you had the fascists with Mussolini and you've got the autocratic Catholic church. And it was just like a match made in heaven of, you've got an an autocratic fascist government and an autocratic theocratic um, Vatican. And it was like, you know, this match made in heaven that, you know, one one group supported the other. So yeah, when the, probably, yeah. the Lateran Treaty was signed in 1929, giving the Vatican statehood, it was because they were supporting the fascists. They, the Catholic Church agreed to stop stop criticizing Mussolini's fascist government, and, and the fascist government gave some rights back to the church. And it almost seems like a seems parallel to really similar, what's going yeah. on in Myanmar with the junta and these, these extremist
1: uh, Buddhist yeah. monks. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really similar like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so, what do you do? You have I know. So you're not currently in in Burma, but do you have sort of a sense of the the general populace and and what their thinking is on on these extremist Buddhists? Like, are they are they widely despised or no so, one really cares? Uh, really listening to them because they're so extreme.
1: So, uh, like, most of the people, I think, like. The large majority of people, they are just populists in Myanmar, so they only oppose the like military wing of the Buddhism, and they only oppose the military yonder only because they have inspirations and they are admired to the State Counsellor. So let's say like if the military yonder release the State Counsellor today, I think they will stop protesting tomorrow. I I, really, I I have a like strong belief on that. You know, it's not like hundred percent sure, but I have a strong belief on that. So. And then they just oppose to the military yonder because only because of Dawson, Suu Suji. It's not because about the ideology at all. Most of the people, I mean, most of the people. Right.
0: Yeah. So they, you, a lot of the people aren't really turned off by these these extremist monks. Extreme, not
1: not really. I, will, I don't think like most of them would agree. You know, like because it's a it's a culture. You know, we have a culture of uh, conservatism in the like since our childhood, right? So for example, let's say uh, let's say right if you want to marry a, like marry a girl who which is from a different religion group of you, you might think twice. you might think thrice before doing so because you have some social pressure, social backlash from you, from the people, and you you also think that your religion is the only truth. And the, the rest are brown as well. And they also most of them are also racist because they really don't like the Muslim people. And most of them, I mean, not 100%, but most of them. And they also think, they also are homophobic as well. So they don't really accept the identities of the LGBT people and other stuff. So, but the the problem is like they only, they listen to the Aung and Suu and they think positive to her. her. this is the only reason they are opposing the military yonder apart from that most of them share the same ideology as the military yonder not the military yonder necessarily but you know the right-wing like narrative of the ideology like we sure uh, which thing like Buddhism is the only truth you know like other people are not uh, having the same like same privilege as you and things like that you know they think they are superior they think they are the majority and they think they are only do sex and things things like that, you know. Okay.
0: And are are you hopeful? Like as we've seen throughout many uh, Western countries, you know, with the the young generations, like the millennials and the, the Gen Z, and the access to information on the internet, that the the demographic category of the nuns is is growing exponentially. Um, do you, are you hopeful that with access to information in the internet that the, the people in the, the attitudes are going to start changing in Myanmar or it's or the the culture uh, is just so deeply rooted that it's going to take a long time to for some meaningful change
1: it is deeply rooted but as far well as i know in this recent coup there has been like tremendous amount of changes so back then in the rohingya crisis they they didn't like the rohingya like and they won't hesitate to say it publicly as well but for now, they are thinking twice, you know, they, like some of them can sympathize with the people and sympathize with the uh, Rohingya people. So at least they have some sympathy for them right now because they have faced a similar situation, you know, like, they have seen the police rape their houses and kill the people in front of them and they cannot do anything at all. So it is a similar situation that Rohingya people used to face in the Rakhine area. So. They have faced a similar situation. So they have some somebody right now. So hopefully, in the future, if they might be able to change their mindset towards the people.
0: Right.
1: And That's for the right. like homo, homo, uh, homophobia, in terms of homophobia and transphobia, so in the old days, they think they like those people are just like a lower, weakling, like weakling people or something like that, you know, like some sort of conservative ideals. But now they they are like. So they have come to a conclusion that the LGBT people are just different, and they are also unique, and they are also, they also have they also should have the equal opportunities and equal rights as we are. So they have come to that kind of conclusion. So it is a positive thing of this coup, you know, <laughs> at least.
0: Yeah. But, so uh, but you're not overly hopeful that this that this generation is not necessarily going to become more open-minded and tolerant it's, it's still going to take uh, yeah.
1: there are some something amount of people that are really open-minded and you know like they're more open-minded yeah i would say more open-minded but there's significant amount of people who will stay conservatives and stay like cling to the old ideologies and things like that so
0: so it's it's gonna take quite a bit it longer, longer than quite a we're bit longer. Yeah, I think
1: it would take at least like a decade to reach to the conclusion that all the people are, you know, so like all, all the people should be equal, all the people should have the equal opportunities, and all the all the people are the global citizens, you know. So it would need a time, like certain amount of time to reach to that conclusion.
0: Okay. Well, there's hope at least. So
1: hopefully, there's yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, as as the older generation dies off, and a lot of those old prejudices will go with it, and the younger generation, your generation, that's in university now and being exposed to all this new information and the 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 IT and accessed information, so hopefully that yeah. will start filtering through, and and those changes will start becoming sort of the norm in Myanmar.
1: So. Yeah, hopefully we really look forward for that as well. Yeah. And we are also trying to advocate the best we can, you know, we are trying to also do like some translation projects that we think of really good. So for example, so I'm trying to make some like translation videos from the West or like from the Western uh, like media narratives about the struggle against sexism for the struggle against the homophobia and stuff like that. So we are also doing that. Like, we're an atheist group, but we don't really stand only for this atheist and secularist stuff. We also like demand the equal rights and humanisms and other stuff. So we're we are also trying to do that one as well. But there are also some respective sort of organizations for those struggles. So we have some feminist group in Myanmar. We have some uh, LGBT core in Myanmar. You know? So we, have, we also have some sort of organization for them too. So hopefully we might be able to form an alliance between them it will be really beneficial for
0: the people All right, i've got an idea on the translation i can i will talk to you about it offline so something we can uh, maybe some help i might be able to offer someone i know who's doing that kind of stuff so
1: oh yeah that would be really nice yeah
0: okay yeah i'll see what i can do i'm not sure what they're doing uh, globally i know like, a lot of their focus is uh, is on the muslim world and arabic languages probably some farsi as well uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. Urdu, uh, but uh, I'll, let me have a chat with them and see what I can I can find out what if they uh, might have an interest in helping you guys out there.
1: Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, I will reach out to you about that one. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So, is there is there anything you would like to to tell us about uh, what's going on there? Like, just you know, as as we wrap up our interview, just. Is there any, any anything in particular you would like people you want you would like people to know about what's going on in Myanmar and oh. what your group
1: is doing? Okay, so currently Myanmar situations are getting worse and worse. I can we can conclude that way. You know, it's getting worse and worse now. So I'm pretty sure there will be like a civil war, but we don't really use a term called civil war. We're gonna use that. Defenses, wow of the people you know because we didn't have the weapon we didn't have the gun but we still choose to fight back but we don't because we really like our democracy and we don't really want our our liberty to be stripped off so like even like even, even most of the people most of the members of our organization they are also trying to join the military wings as well so so it's not the whole organization, but some of the people trying to try and do and some of the people are already in there as well. So we will stand with them, like even though we don't like the, you know, like wars and that stuff like that. But if we don't have many choices, we might be able to support them because this is the only way. This is a war against the oppressor and the people who were oppressed. So if I have to choose a side, I would stay choose a side for the oppressed people. And I'm pretty sure most of the Burmese people would too as well At, and like according to the climax of this recent coup, I'm really glad that people are st- trying to convert to the new ideologies of like uh global citizens, so people are trying to more acceptable to the Rohingya people these days now and even for the other ethnic groups that are not really in the list of of recognized ethnic group in Myanmar, so they just think that they're global citizens right now, so it's a good thing at least from now. And some people trying to accept the identities of the LGBT people, so it's getting better as well. And we will tend to like speak out and fight out against the, against the Islamophobia and other stuff. So it's getting better as well. But there's, a, one, there's one thing that I would have a caution on, you know, like just as what happened with Ben and Sam Harris you know you know that interview right so I'm a little bit concerned about the regressive left so like when we uh, when we fight against that kind of like particular racist people we also need to be careful about those people those regressive people as well so because I'm a, I'm an ex-Muslim so I know what my religion was wrong right so they had they are also essentially racist as well. They are also essentially sexists and trans like transphobia, homophobic. So all the terms that you can think of, you can you can just say like safely tell that. Because I'm pretty sure like, most of the religions have the same co-values, you know, <laughs> those sexists, racist, like homophobic, transphobic, anything like that, you can safely say that most of the religion have that co-value. So but according to some of the people on the left, I'm a little bit concerned about that because when they trying to stay against the racist people, they also trying to endorse that culture behind that uh, oppressed group. But that oppressed group doesn't really means that like, or like or I would say, protecting that oppressed people doesn't mean that you should protect all, all the identities of them. You know, you can stay protect those oppressed people, but you can stay challenge their ideology. That is that is also toxic as well. So you can right. we need to balance them so i have seen some of the people some of the regressive people that thing like um, calling a racial law is wrong so that would be wrong in some cases so but so in some cases it's just useful just used to identify me right so just like that so i'm a little bit worried about those regressive left at the, at the moment in, and i don't mean for you globally globally you know i mean for the myanmar people because as a as a as an atheist group who has more like inspiration on the new atheism movement, I'm aware of that in the West West War. So I don't really want that to happen in Myanmar again as well, because at least we are on the same side. So atheism, whatever you call secularism, or humanism, whatever you call that, we still have some shared values with the left people, with the new left or the old left, whatever we can call that. But if we have a clashes between these people it's not good for the progressive wins. Because in the meantime, we have like a large group of population that are really conservative in the, in the other hand. They may be oppressed group at the moment, but they can be oppressor anytime time because they have a strong ideology behind them. We also need to challenge that.
0: Okay, great. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming on today and telling us about what's going on there. And- I imagine our viewers are are hopeful that things there are going to settle down and the the progress is made and and the, the mind shifts start to to take hold and we can see some some major changes there and 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 freedom and secularist and humanist ideals take hold in the country so thank you once
1: yeah, again for coming in yeah, thank you
0: and uh, good luck with everything that's going on there and we'll we'll try to keep people updated on uh, the latest as thing as the situation evolves and you keep us informed once again, uh, the Burmese Atheist Group is one of the AAI affiliates, so we will keep you guys appraised uh, of what's going on in the country. So, and once again, yeah. thanks for coming on and appreciate and your time. For, yeah,
1: thanks for having have a platform for us. So, thank, thank you for welcome.
0: that. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, everybody. So, that's this week's episode, and we'll see you all again next week. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Okay, thanks for listening and don't forget we're on YouTube so follow us on YouTube just search for Atheist Alliance International and please subscribe and hit that notification bell. But we're also on all of your favorite podcast platforms so make sure that you follow us on there as well. See you next time.